0: Before me, the world behind, the we'll turn it back, raise the better high. It's not for me, it's all for you. Let the heavens shake and split the sky. Let the people clap their hands and cry. It's not for us, it's all for To us, but to your name, be the glory. Not to us, but to your name, be the glory. Your hearts unfold before your throne, the only place. Those who know it's not for us, it's all for you. Send your holy fire on this offering, let our worship burn for the world to see it's God for us, it's all for you. Back to our Us, but to your name, be the glory. Not to us, but to your name, be the glory. Not to us, but to your name, be the glory. The glory and life our praises To the only giver of life Our maker, the gates are open wide We worship you Come see what love has done Amazing, he bought us with his blood Our Savior, the cross has overcome Worship you Shout Hosanna Jesus is saved Shout Hosanna He rose from the grave Come and lift him up Hosanna Now let the lost Be found Forgiven Death could worship you. Shout Hosanna. We're the ones who You my condition, had a plan from the start, your son for redemption, the price for my heart, and I don't have a contest for that kind of love, I don't understand, I can't All I know is I need you. I run to the Father, I fall in a grace. I'm done with the hiding, the reason away. My heart needs a surgeon, my soul needs a friend. So I'll run to the Father again and again and again and again. I'll run to the Father again and again. I run to the Father, fall in grace. I'm done with the hiding, the reason away. My heart found a surgeon, my soul found a friend. So I'll run to the Father again.
1: was a time uh, that if someone had said social media just that term I wouldn't have known what in the world they were talking about but social media has invaded our, our lives right uh, all the different formats uh, the young folks say that uh, Facebook is for us old-timers they've moved on from there and into other realms but there's, there's all kinds of abbreviations that are used in social media. Um, LOL. Laugh out loud. Mark is right on the ticket here this morning. Um, lots of love. Okay, all right. There's all kinds of those abbreviations. Um, and there's one, FOMO, FOMO. Fear of missing out. And I, I am a person who... Um, The longer I live, the more I cherish those moments when God reaches into our lives and makes His presence known. And I've been talking recently about different different, uh, stories in the Bible that represent the truth that, that Jesus shows up and Jesus is God incarnate, God in the flesh. And so here is God standing right in front of someone and they miss it. And I realize that, that that's possible for, for all of us, that we could become so preoccupied with any number of things in this life that we miss that, that special moment when God reaches in to make himself known, to give us an opportunity to experience his glory and to receive his, the outpouring of his grace in our lives. And so I am one who, day after day, I'm saying, God, just please help me to see you as you make your presence known in my life. And some days it's so very obvious, you couldn't miss it. And other days it's, it's more subtle. It's, it's kind of a quiet move of his presence into our, into our company. And, and so I'm always praying, Lord, don't, I'm, I have a fear of missing out on the glory of God as he comes to visit me in the everyday affairs of, of life. And um, I was reading a devotion this morning, one of the many devotionals that I've that I, pay attention to in my life. This one is Henry Blackaby's devotional, and uh, he was talking about, in 2 Chronicles 7, the temple that Solomon built to be that place where God's glory would would abide. Uh, They had spent decades building this temple, and now the temple is complete. He's followed the blueprints that were handed to David, his father. David passed those blueprints to Solomon and said, god's given me this plan and now you're the one who is to execute the plan how important it is is it that we understand sometimes that god gives us something that we're to pass on to someone else and allow them to live in the glory of what he's shown us and so david was not the man to build the temple his son solomon would be that man so he passed the plans and solomon they complete the building of the temple and now solomon in 2 in Chronicles is pouring out his heart to God and is saying, Oh Lord, we've given uh, ourselves to every detail of building this temple the way you said it should be built. But Lord, if you don't come and dwell in this temple, then it is for nothing. And so he just falls on his face and he prays and he prays and he prepares for that moment when they will dedicate the, the temple unto the Lord, and in 2 Chronicles 7, 1, it says, When Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. And so God answered his prayer and came and dwelled in the midst of that temple that, that he had them to build. Uh, the writer of Scripture says that they sacrificed so many animals asking God to come and be in this place that they lost count of how many they sacrificed. And so that, again, that comes to me and I'm, I'm, I'm asking the Lord, even in this moment, Lord, am I, am I pouring out my life? Am I pouring out my heart before you in such a way that, that like Solomon, there's no, there's no use in going forward unless you come and fill me with your presence. The Bible says that now we are the temple of the living God. In Corinthians, it talks about the Spirit of God coming and filling our very being. And so as we come here today, it's all for naught if we miss out on God making His presence known in our lives. That's the truth. And so I pray that we will see Him today, and I pray that we will have that moment of of connection with Him that will make all the difference uh, in our lives. Let's pray. Lord, as we come to You this morning as we prepare our hearts to look at a a Bible story found in the Gospels. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would be with us in this moment. Oh, Lord, who am I to stand before these wonderful people to bring their attention to your word? Lord, without you and without your Spirit reaching into our lives today, what we are doing here today is meaningless. But Lord, if you come, And if you breathe on us, and if you awaken us, and if you redeem us for your purposes and make your presence known in our lives, then Lord, this is a glorious moment to be cherished in our lives today. So breathe on us, breathe on the reading of your word, let this be not just a social gathering, let this be a spiritual moment as you reach into this place and as you reach into our lives and we ask it in Jesus name and for his glory, amen. So here we are at church. The middle of September, can't believe it, we're already starting to plan for decorating the church for Christmas. Seems like we just took the decorations down. And here we are today And I really believe that as Jesus is here in our midst, He would look at us like He has looked at so many face-to-face through the ages, and He would ask us this question. What do you want? Well, I want you to get done with this message so I can go eat lunch. or i i don't care how long it takes even if we go beyond this prescribed hour i want to receive from the lord what he has for me to receive this morning or i want to be healed or i i want to be delivered there's some things i've been battling with and it's it's just a continuing battle and i want i want the I want the battle to be won. I want God to come and give me victory in this area in my life. Or I, I want to understand what's next as I follow Jesus in my life. So many things. But the question comes to all of us this morning, and the answers are different for different ones. What do you want? Over and over again, Jesus would encounter people along his way and he would ask them that question and many times the answers seemed to be so obvious. Like like on the occasion when he encountered a blind man along the road as he left Jericho and he asked that man, what do you want? The man is obviously blind. And he said, I want my sight. Why would God who knows everything about us ask us such questions? I think it's not that he might be informed because there's nothing about us he does not already know. So it's not for information, but it's to bring us to a place in our lives that we might dare believe that what we want could be delivered if we would trust God in that moment. So look at this passage with me. Another time when Jesus essentially asked a person, What do you want from me? John 5, beginning with verse 2. Inside the city of Jerusalem, near the sheep gate, was a pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked this man, Would you like to get well? Seems like such an obvious question, doesn't it? The man said, I can't, sir, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. And so the tradition was that at this particular pool, Pool of Bethesda, Bethesda means House of Mercy, that the angel of the Lord, according to tradition, would come and trouble the water. And whoever slipped into the waters of that pool would receive healing in their bodies. But it had to be the first one that slipped in. And so this man had been coming for years, no doubt. Time after time, he would be laid beside of the pool and the waters would be troubled. And someone else, able bodied, would slip in ahead of him. He had no real opportunity to be the first one to slip in the water. It makes you kind of wonder why in the world would you keep going back if you knew that you're never going to be able to get yourself into that water in time? But he went, holding on to hope. Good for him. Good man someone always gets there ahead of me verse 8 jesus told him stand up pick up your mat and walk instantly the man was healed he rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking amazing in a moment after years of suffering in a moment when god touched him he was healed do you believe in healing Do you believe in deliverance? God is able to reach in to our lives in whatever fashion we are needing that blessing that that we long for. And I think today the Lord wants to challenge us to understand why Jesus would ask this man an obvious question, Do you want to get well? There's a reason for that question. I got a a lesson in faith yesterday, and once again, it was Emma who was my teacher. Christy and Matt had planned to go uh, on a shopping day yesterday at Myrtle Beach, and they had asked us some time ago, would y'all be willing to come over and sit with Emma and and just kind of hang out with her because she... Emma does not like to shop, y'all. She's a homebody and she did not want it. They asked her, you want to go to the beach? No, I don't want to go to the beach. I want Mama and Papa to come stay with me. And so our our charge was to go and take care of Emma and take care of Mando. We got, we got a new grand grand dog. And so it was our job to take care of Emma and Mando. Well, part of the day was was to be us taking Emma to Walmart because she had, she had received a $25 gift card at her middle school for, for whatever reason. And so she had a $25 gift card for Walmart and Christy said, if, if y'all don't mind, you don't have to, but if you don't mind, you could take Emma and she could spend her $25. Well, yeah, we'll do that. So we go and we make an agenda, Becky makes an agenda with Emma so that she knows we're going here and then we're going to do this and then we're going to do this, then we're going to go to lunch, then we're going to go to the arcade and Walmart was up toward the beginning of the list so we go to Walmart and we go in and um, we're going down the toy aisle back and forth down the aisles that have all the toys and Emma is just putting one thing after another in that basket. And I noticed that two of the things she put in were $10 a piece. So I said, hey, Emma, maybe you only got $25, Papa. It'll be all right. <laughs> now, for those who don't know, Emma is 13 years old and has Down syndrome, and she is the cruise director of our family. She tells us what to do and when to do it. So I, I, Becky had slipped off, and so we're going, and she's put, oh, look at that. I like that. She put it in. And then she found, she said, oh, I can use that with my baby dolls, and she put it in. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing the math, and I'm thinking, we're way past $25. I said, Emma, you've got $25, honey. You're going to have to decide what you, Papa, I told you it'll be all right. Don't worry about it. Well, what are you going to do? So then Mamaw comes back, and I said, Beck, she's got, I see that. And I said, she tells me it's going to be all right. And she said, Beck said, well, I don't know. Let's just, let's just keep going and see what happens. So we go, we're going toward the checkout, and she passes one of the end caps, and they've got crayons for 50 cents. And she said, crayons, 50 cents? How could I say no to that? And she, <laughs> she puts it in the buggy, and then they had a glue stick for 50 cents. She said, 50 cents, and she puts that in the buggy. I said, Emma, you've got 25, Papal, I told you, it'll be all right. Ma'am, I'll tell him not to worry. Ma'am, don't worry. We go to the checkout. We check out $79 and I think 56 cents. We put in her $25 card and uh, it goes through and then Becky puts in her debit card and hits the button and the receipt comes out and Emma said, I told you. <laughs> Now, I don't know if in her little mind she thought that the, that, the, that the gift card really did take care of it or if she understood that mamaw pitched, <laughs> pitched in. Um, but it was a lesson in faith for me. Because how many times have I quit believing, have quit hoping have quit putting things in my spiritual buggy, things that I, I need help with. But maybe God doesn't want to be bothered with a glue stick. Maybe God doesn't want to be bothered with crayons. Or maybe God didn't want to buy that item. It was a lesson in faith. She really believed, whatever, however she believed it was going to come out, she just believed it's going to be alright. This man by the pool Here's what struck me this week when I was doing personal devotions and came across this passage of Scripture. I've asked for years, why in the world would Jesus, who knows everything, ask a man, do you want to get well, when he knows he's gone there time after time after time, and his dilemma just would not give him the opportunity that he he longed for? Why would Jesus ask such an obvious question? And, And then I think the Lord brought me to a reckoning and said, I want you to understand that the reason I ask him in the person of my son, do you want to get well, is that man had to understand that he had an opportunity apart from that pool. For that man healing meant, be the first one who gets into the pool after the angel troubles the water. It never dawned on him that God might have another way of bringing that healing to His body that was so needed. Over and over again, we put God in a box of our own making. I know this is not the first time you've heard this theme addressed, but it's still a theme that needs to be addressed. Because there are good people who have hearts for God, who have limited God by their own understanding of God. God always does it this way because, in my experience, He's always done it that way. Or God would never do that because that's outside of what we believe. I, I, I was sharing with Wednesday morning Bible study, and those who are Wednesday morning people, you're, I told you go to get it again. I I, I got on this vein su- this past Wednesday, but I was telling them there was a time early in in our lives becky and, and i got married in night, in J- july of 1974 in september of 74 we moved to newport ritchie we both had full-time jobs and then worked part-time at west pasco church of god becky directed the choir i led worship and and led the youth group i was 19 years old becky had already turned 20 i married an, an older woman and uh by 3 months. <laughs> and so I've got people I'm I'm 19 years old and I've got an 18 year old in the youth group. Wow. What were they thinking when they asked me to do that? But w- while we while we were there there was a, a a young lady that Becky worked with who invited us over for dinner. Her and her husband wanted Becky and I to come to dinner because they had Kind of struck up a friendship because of their common bond in being followers of Jesus, and so we go to their house and we go to their house thinking we're going for just good and good Christian fellowship, and it was, it was. We didn't under, we didn't know that this couple had an agenda. This couple um, believed that when a person receives the Holy Spirit in their lives that they give evidence of that infilling of the Holy Spirit by speaking in unknown tongues and so they came from the Pentecostal faith if you will and and I have uh, I have no axe to grind with folks who hold to that theology but that's that's not what that's not what I hold to and and so this couple proceeded that evening To try to convince us that there was no way that we should be in ministry because we could not possibly be filled with the Holy Spirit if we had not spoken in unknown tongues and for me I said that was a theological box that they were living in and wanted others to live in and they could have said the same thing of us that we were living in a theological box that 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 was outside of what God had for us. And I'm, I'm not here to debate that particular issue this morning, but I'm here to say, would God dare step into our lives in this moment and bring a touch to our lives that is outside of anything that we ever dreamed could be reality? So when Jesus asked that man by the pool, do you want to get well? What he really was asking him is, would you dare believe that you could rise up and walk in your own strength by any other means than having someone slip you into this pool? We practice anointing with oil and praying the prayer of faith, and I think it's valid. I think it's something God has called us to. But does God heal people? that have not come to the front of a church to be anointed and prayed for? Oh, absolutely. God can do His bidding any way He chooses to do His bidding. That's why I have fear of missing out. I'm afraid sometimes that I have so encapsulated God and His work in my life that I miss the reality that... That he is bringing to me in a given moment because I didn't even dare to think that that could be him or that could be a sacred holy moment in which he is wanting to bring his fullness to my experience so when Jesus said to this man do you want to get well what was seemingly an obvious question what what he was what he was really saying was do you believe that something could happen outside of how you expect it to happen for example modern day it would be like us saying to jesus after a disturbing diagnosis at the doctor's office well lord i can't afford an mri and i can't afford what might be the subsequent treatment or surgery that's required jesus was helping this man to let go of what he was determined was his means or the method for his legs to be healed. He was setting him free that he might understand a greater opportunity in this. God was standing right in front of him. God made the water that filled the pool of Bethesda. God made the man whose legs were crippled. God had spoke all of creation into being God could raise that man up and whatever means he felt appropriate in that moment and what happened to that man's spirit and in his life in that moment is of noteworthy essence Something in that moment happened in that man that allowed him to believe, maybe I don't need to be in the pool to get well. Papo. maybe I, I don't need just my Walmart card to get what's in that buggy. Maybe there's another way. Something stirred in that man's life when Jesus said, do you want to get well? And in the next moment, Jesus looked at him and said, get up and carry your mat home. And the scripture says, immediately, he rose up to his feet and he started to walk for home. Church, what happens when God does something in someone's life and it goes outside of how we thought that should happen? The man's walking home. It's the Sabbath. It's obvious that something miraculous has happened. And yet the the God-fearing Jews, the the religious Jews who are there and they observe what's happened after the fact, they go up to the man and they don't don't say, oh my goodness, you're walking. You're, You're walking. You're carrying your own mat. What in the world happened? Rather than that, these people who made up, if you will, the church of that, of that particular moment in that particular locale walk up to him and, and with criticism, with judgment say, what are you doing carrying your mat on the Sabbath? Can you believe that? Well, i I tell you what that would be like. Let's put it in modern day. That, that would be like... Um, someone accepting Jesus this week, and they're known as uh, someone who has been crippled by sin as they have lived out their lives in this community. They've just been known as that kind of person who's living in the shadows, who's living in the darkness of of sin, and, and they show up at church. And just earlier in the week, you saw them in one of their crippled moments of sin as they blurted out the obscenities that had become so much a part of who they are. And they show up for church and they end up on the front row and the praise team's singing and they're lifting hands. And you're like, what in the world? Who Who do they think they are? We know who they are. We know how they live. What are they doing in here lifting up their hands? I don't want to see them lift up their hands until I see them at that altar. But what happened is just a day or two before they came in here, Jesus made Himself known in their experience, however He did it. And in the altar of their heart, they bowed before Him and said, Lord, forgive me of my sin and make me the person You would have me to be. And Lord, I promise You, come Sunday, I'm going to the first church I come to. It's awful that after a crippled man who had been crippled for 38 years is walking home the only thing the religious crowd could muster themselves to say was what are you doing carrying your mat on the Sabbath well there was this man at the pool and he asked me if I wanted to get well and he told me to stand up and take my mat and carry it home well that man listen they said that man could not possibly be from God Because no one from God would tell someone to do work on the Sabbath. And so we still draw our boxes. And we still say this is what God looks like and this is how He always works. And there's no one here to ease me into the pool after the the water is troubled. So it could not possibly be from God because it happened in a way that moves beyond what we have come to define as the will of God. I say it again and again, and it, it, it's not meant to be trite. Jesus is here. And we're here. So often we come in and it's it's crazy how this happens i think and please understand me here we, we sometimes it's almost like in some places that if all the chairs are full no matter what happens up here or in the room it was a good day because the chairs were full Now, I want the chairs filled up more than anybody. But here's the fact. Jesus is here today, and we're the ones who are here. And that makes it a good day. Even with empty chairs. I ask you at the beginning, what do you want? Why are you here? Ephesians 3.20, one of my favorite verses of all times. Now all glory to God who is able through His mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Now let's untangle those words. Let's unpack that. Jesus is here this morning. And through His mighty power that is at work within us he can accomplish infinitely beyond do you get that infinitely forever beyond way it never ends way beyond never ending beyond what i could think to ask for or what i might imagine as a possibility way beyond all of that his mighty work his mighty power is at work in us To accomplish what he has determined to be that which is for our good. So he asked this morning, What do you want? So I'm going to ask you Emma got everything in the basket. But if you could only put one thing in the basket this morning. If you could only ask the Lord for one thing. For that man by the pool, I want to walk. For the blind man on the road leaving Jericho, I want to see. If you could only ask him one thing, what do you want? Do you want a miracle? Are you willing to let go of whatever traditions that have suggested to you that you dare not put that in the basket because it it doesn't fit your theology? We're standing in front of Jesus this morning. He's bigger than our theology. Because you know theology is is just a word that means the study of God. Theos in the Greek is God. Ology is study. Theology is the study of God. It's our understanding of who God is. And let's face it, our understanding of who God is always pales in comparison to who God is. We cannot contain the whole of who He is and we're standing in front of Jesus God in the flesh this morning and he says Ron do you really want to get well do you really want it and if I could have an out of body I'm gonna look down on me in the spirit of Emma Herod and I'm gonna say Ron It'll be all right. Watch what God can do. Lord, this morning, we bring to church with us the realities of who we are and and what we're facing in life. And some of it is just not easy to package. Some of it's not easy to put in words. And so, Lord, that That verse that came to us as the verse of the day in You Version today reminds us that the Holy Spirit is making intercession for us and bringing our request before the throne in such a way that we are not able to give utterance to what the request is. In other words, Lord, what we don't even know how to ask for, Your Spirit is interceding in our behalf that we might get well, that we might receive from Your hand what we need in our lives. I need You, Lord. I need you and I know I've limited you in so many ways and it doesn't seem enough to say I'm sorry but Lord I am I don't want to limit you I don't want to miss out on the grace that you're wanting to bring to my life to our lives here today and so I'm asking you Lord in this moment as we close this service I'm asking that your Holy Spirit would continue to connect with us in such a way that we might know that it's you and that we might trust you with what we want. Hear our heart's prayer. give us the faith to get up and carry our mats home today. If you want to pray about anything while it's still quiet, maybe somebody wants to just slip up here to the place of prayer. You can pray where you are, but someone may be feeling that urge to come and, and kneel at the altar and, and maybe have some others come and and pray with you. Just while we're quiet before we sing. If anybody feels that tug, the invitation is, is given. Come. He is here. He is more than able. Our getting up is a step of faith.
0: Thank you.